you know, I always say radio guys have the toughest job when it comes to like doing intros and outros with music. Because like, I don't know, Austin. I mean, were you listening to the radio today? Yes, sir. I was listening to good old Sportsnet 590, the fan. And you heard a lot of MJ today, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I was listening to the Jeff Blair show, and uh, Derek Randow does their sound mixing. He did a great job. Ah, oh, well, see, I don't even know the guy's name, so shout out to him for... Uh... Great, great board up. Yeah, so... He and Travis do a great job with uh, Blair, so I'll give them a shout out. Okay, Thanks, I'm going to unplug this cord for a second because it's going to create some buzzing, and I don't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, as we're recording this, I mean, most people are going to probably be listening to this on, no, tomorrow morning, or sorry, it would be Thursday morning. Um, this was Michael Jackson's 60th birthday, man. I couldn't even think of him being 60 because of his, like, the way his personality was. Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird, but here we are. He's still, he's still missed, I always say. Um... Yeah, it's it's one of those it's just one of those days where you just don't even realize it, and you got you have to you have to pop in a couple of MJ tunes. That's all I have to say, and that's yeah, one of sure. one of my favorites. I tried to play on guitar, and I failed pretty bad because I don't really play guitar. So MJ was all uh, this is my last one. On MJ is he was so big. The reason why I liked him growing up when I, I played music, so I studied music. He was so big on during rehearsals. I don't know. Do you ever watch that documentary, This Is It, the one about his final concert and tour? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was so particular in the sound of the music. Like, usually, like, he hires a, a director to uh, look after that stuff. Like, the guy oversees it all. And if he – I remember – was I can't remember what song. I think it was The Way You Make Me Feel, and there was supposed to be the growl intro. And like the feel, the beat of it, and he was like on the guy to make sure it it was um, it was right. So that's the type of guy. That's why a guy like MJ is celebrated because it was always about giving the best performance. So he is missed. Yeah. He is definitely missed. You know what else is missed, Austin? Josh Donaldson. I I messaged our group today, and I'm sure you got the message. And when I told Jake. Uh, they should just yep. they should just put him out of his misery. This is getting mm. holy smokes. And for his final act as a Toronto Blue Jay, Josh Donaldson turned into Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, like, it's you can't be mad. You can't be mad at the player, and you you can't even be mad at the team. You can be frustrated. You can be front. I that's the word, frustration, because look. And, and we're going to kind of get into this because I've heard it so much today. I, I listen to both radio stations. I listen to sports and, and I listen to TSN. Yeah. You can tell Sportsnet will criticize the team for when something is not done right. TSN has rarely, rarely had anything to say about the Blue Jays. Now, granted, the Blue Jays don't have a lot of positive things going on right now, and I understand yeah. it. But this whole notion that the Blue Jays blew it with Josh Donaldson. This is my argument, my counter argument to it. When the rumors came out about St. Louis being interested in the offseason, they were the only team I knew about. Was there any other team you heard about, Austin? Uh, the only other team I can think of that was like 
it wasn't even reported, but like speculated that Atlanta might be in on him just because the Anthopolis ties. But that was like every Jays player from his era. Yeah, Stroman was basically yeah. take any blue. Stroman Jay still is. He freaking yeah. So when you only have one team in the mix, and we know just based on the hockey side alone, when you only have one team interested in your top player your return is going to be crap because what leverage do you have the only leverage the jays had they had him under contract so he wanted to play with them so he wasn't asking for a trade and they had up until the trade deadline non-waiver well now the waiver trade deadline apparently to get a deal done and find more suitors let him play really up his value if there was a good offer, then yes, the Blue Jays deserve to take a realistic look and say, what's this team going to be like? And unfortunately, they they counted on Sanchez to try to be healthy, Stroman to be ready to go, even though he was injured during tra- training camp, spring training. And... Like they, they didn't have enough eggs in the basket that were solid. They had a lot of ifs and maybes. That's yeah. where that's the issue I had with all of this. But to say that they need to completely tear it down, this is now this is my always my counter my thing about rebuild. It is so easy to say to tear things down. But also we always know that the hardest thing to do is build the damn thing back up. Look at Well it's it's shown with certain teams that there's a right and wrong way to do a rebuild in sports. Um, and one move trading a key piece for a return. That's not what or less than what he's worth could really screw your organization in the long run. Um, I look at teams like Miami. Now um, you look at uh, San Diego, who everyone says they have a good farm system, but uh, the farm having a good farm system means nothing. Until your team is half decent. Like when, when a team like New York is good and still has prospects, that that's that's a situation you want. But when you're a team that's not getting to that next level, but oh, they have a good farm system, you're you're taking the biggest gamble. Um the, the only really successful story recently has been the, the Houston Astros. They bet big with their with their picks, their own picks. Uh, and the Yankees. And the Yankees. Like, they bet big on their own guys. And, and the Red Sox to a certain degree. I mean, they got uh, J.D. Martinez off the ball, off, you know, free agency. Chris Sale they traded for. Like, th- that it was mixing around what they already had. But yeah. you can't say, oh, we the best, what you have to do is trade everything, get assets, and build it back up. Baseball free agency yeah. is now the biggest crapshoot because... You can't find anything tangible anymore, really. Like you, you look at what team won the off season. I can't even think of one, really. Because I'd say it was Boston, just because Martinez is okay. Yeah, but was, perennial triple crown winner that was signed like two weeks before spring training. Yeah, that the season, and that was really because he set such a high price that really only Boston could pay it. Maybe yeah. the Yankees could have, but they didn't need a JD Martinez. No, they had a Giancarlo Stanton. They don't. They had an Aaron Judge and just 
too much. They had power. Yeah, they already had the power. And they're assume assuming that they're in on somebody like Machado or Harper when free agency rolls around, so they weren't going to spend on Martinez. Well, exactly. Um, so that's my that's that is my issue because people see what happened with the Leafs and how it quickly turned around. Like you think about it, the Leafs rebuild started what twenty fourteen, I would say, when Shanahan came in. Mm-hmm. Yes. 2014-2015. Like the oh, the yeah. Nylander draft, the Marner draft, that was like the first sign of like, okay, things have to change. Things have to, you know, we have to out with the old and with the new. And now 2018, we're talking about a team that's a cup, you know, now people are giving legitimate cup uh, odds to. It doesn't yep. always work that way. And baseball is even tougher you only get one one team winning the division, two wild card spots. That's not great odds, especially when you're in an AL East that has the Boston Red Sox now having one of their best seasons in franchise history, the Yankees who you know loaded up like super gods again, um, the Tampa Bay Rays who don't even have really. A rotation and still yet are third in division and then I mean the Orioles they're they're a disaster and apparently the disaster the Jays are having an issue with and <laughs> it's like yeah. I think I think people need to realize that you don't need to fully tear things down if you have pieces coming up I will say I'm not the, the big issue going forward with this team will be pitching when you have a Vlad Guerrero at, you know, in your infield, uh, he's going to be your third baseman. I hope that that's, they're banking a lot on that because that's why Josh Donaldson is most likely not coming back. Troy Tulowitzki yeah. wants to be shortstop next season. I want to see him actually walk and no, not. Yeah. I'd like to see him play a game before we talk about what his permanent spot on the team is. Um, you have, they have so many pieces, but I'm not looking at this team and saying, oh, yeah, this team is going to be. I, I don't see a good team next season, but it doesn't mean that you're just going to offload. Because what are you going to offload? The only thing they had this season was some of the guys they brought in, eventually they were going to trade away. And look, they found found money in you know guys like Sung Wan Oh. Um, who else did they tra- I'm trying to think now who they tra- trade away. It's been so goddamn long. Everyone, Aaron Loop, Aaron Loop, uh, who's oh, <laughs> uh, Axford, John Axford. Uh, man, I'm just trying to think of like you brought in Curtis, guys. Uh, go, go ahead, who's the other one? Not Curtis Granderson, he is a, could be the next one. Although, yeah, the guy, the team I thought that was going to trade from the Phillies ended up going after Joey Bats. A weird so. one, but I guess it's just the amount that the Jays wanted, maybe too high. I don't know. It's no secret he's a big bat off the bench because he's not going to start for any team making the playoffs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's just this. This is where people need to. The Jays did a good job of filling out their back. Like they have guys that are able to play every day, in the outfield, in the infield. Rotation has been the problem. The issue is there's such a premium on starting pitching and good starting pitching. It takes time to develop those. 
your Sean Reed Foley's, your Ryan Barucki's, your Thomas Panonhu. I mean, let's see how he ha- handles maybe another start or two before we see. And I don't. I I mean, he had a good good debut. It was against the Orioles, so take that for what it's worth. And then the Orioles gave him the business yesterday. Exactly. Um, I want to see this team. I think the biggest goal for this team moving forward is to work on the fundamentals. When I see guys making so many mistakes fielding in the outfield, in the infield, when I see pitchers not giving that consistent effort, I mean, look, you're not looking for an ace start out of Ryan Baraki every time. That's that's for your Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman's. Those are the guys that are supposed to deliver. Those are your your one-two punch. Most teams now don't even have the one through five really, really dynamic starters because starting rotation based on what we, they have and, you know, where the payroll has to go out to other places. So that's that's my take. I don't know if you had anything else to offer. Nope, you've, uh, you've done a good job here. This is my training camp. <laughs> We've been off yeah. for so long that, like, we were we've been trying to get guests, and I just finally came to the idea. Like, you know what? I mean, we've got guys that want to come on. Uh, we're just working out scheduling. You know, people are still in summer vacation mode, so I'm not gonna ask. People them are to... adults. It turns out we didn't really fully realize that when we got out of school. Yeah, because you know it's tough to say. Oh, you can come. We can even do it during the day. Oh, wait, you have work to do. Yeah, you have a nine to five. Or. Not even a nine to five. It's just you no, have to get you have to. In sports, it's all over the place. It is. So we do have guys that want to come in. Guys, we're just working on it. Um, you know, guys are want to go away for the week just before they have to really like, look. Reporters are already like hockey reporters are going to like camps and stuff. So, um, this is this is like. Some guys are in, some guys are half in. <laughs> Sorry, I have a friend texting me about. Yeah, it's all good. And it's, yeah, it, it, it should it, be good. Um, it is, but um, this is. We got Keegan on, so we're good. We're off to a good start. Yeah, we had Keegan. Keegan saves us every time. Um, but yep. we'll find somebody else other than Keegan next time. We love Keegan. We just want to give him a break. Yeah. So. The reason we are having our, I'm calling this our, tra- our training camp podcast. As you can tell, it feels like a training camp. I'm almost out of breath already. Um, yeah. We have a lot of leaf stuff coming through the woodworks. Like they haven't even started training camp yet. And people are calling these summertime. My God, we have nothing to talk about storylines. Yeah, is- it. You know what? I felt like summer went by quick until the Leafs started making the playoffs. Yeah. And then everything just became worse. This week has been the Tyler Sagan to the Leafs and the War Wars, which I I don't I guess I'm not a not a plugged in hockey Twitter guy because I have not seen a single person talking about hockey war. Is I, that weird? I think I've I've gone to I think we've ignored it. I think we know I mean, that I've seen crowd. People reference it. I have I too, but we we've kind of ignored that crowd. I mean, I don't follow the guys. I know the guys who are big into the analytics stuff. I don't. But, I don't follow the nerds. Well, it's not the nerds. The nerds are great. 
I mean, yes, technically they're and nerds because nerds in an endearing way because they yes, exactly. do a lot and provide us with a lot of fantastic information. But Kyle Dubas is heading a hockey team because he's a nerd. Yeah. Um, but this is the issue. And I've always had this issue. If you are not able to communicate your ideas in a way that is A, understandable to your audience, or B, your audience has your audience is always going to try to disprove if they don't agree with your subject line. It's just your job to state the facts. Some guys could give their opinions because they're experts in the field and you know that further gives them their qualification and gives them credibility. But don't, and I've been seeing so many people trash the analytics guys. Analytics guys trashing regular hockey folks. Sorry, well, okay, they're just hockey folks. Regular no, <laughs> analytics people can be regular hockey folks. I'm sorry if I just slammed, slandered some ho- analytics people. But this, this is this war is just. It's almost like when probably what this is probably will happen when baseball stats were huge. But look at it now. And There's a good balance. Stats came to baseball and basketball hockey is really one of the like they were behind in the advanced stats so now we're starting to catch up to what baseball and basketball have been doing yeah it's i mean basketball is it, that one's sneaky like you you they're, they're interesting yes baseball at all oh, i love now the whole exit velocity launch angles like that's that's cool that's really cool that's that's re- like that stuff I can eat, you know, you it's understandable. You can understand how guys are hitting. Like Danny Jansen, how many hits he's getting that are, you know, 90-plus miles per hour off the bat. Like, things like that are good. There's some really helpful stuff. And yeah. hockey's going to get to that point. We're going to get some new stats that will be awesome. It's just and they need to easier be Easier to understand. Right. Exactly. Um, it's, not, it's not easy for people to just jump into hockey and pick up analytics. It's... It's not even easy for people to jump into hockey and understand hockey. Yeah. Baby steps. But we'll get there. We will. We will get there. So, here, which storyline do we go with first? Because there's, <laughs> I'm not, and this is not the captaincy talk. We've had it. We've, we've had the captaincy talk, you and I. What about the Matt Stajan talk? Can we have that? Oh, hell, he's going to Germany. Yes. Good, really good for him. Munich, is it? I think it's Munich. I'm, I'm a little short. I know it's Germany. I. Well, we we met in our class. We met Carlo Koliakovo, and it sounds like the owners take pretty good care of their players out in Germany. So it's a pretty smart. Yeah, thing they to they have like most of the owners, depending on the ownership, you know, they get them housing and. Yeah, like, he played for uh, what's the team called? Uh, Mannheim, Adler Mannheim. Yeah, he has it in your. I was actually going to look him up on Twitter because Carlo has yeah. all of his teams. He uh, basically, long story short, what he had told oh, us uh, is that uh, at Adler Mannheim, their uh, their owner had bought like a giant subdivision neighborhood because half the team are international players from the U.S. or Canada, and the team just lives together year round. They have their own neighborhood built in Germany, and it's like that's pretty cool. Like. It's a cool little thing. If you can't play in the, in the NHL, you're still getting played, paid to do that. How much? How nice would it be to live in Germany for the year? Like, yeah, exactly. Germany I mean, is not a bad place. It's not like you're living somewhere random. And granted, you're not you know spending your whole year touring and all that stuff. You're you know you're working, you're training, you're playing. But their schedules are a lot lighter than the NHL. 
Like it's not as you know demanding. So, I, I'm you know I'm happy for Matt that he's yeah. able to find it. Like you tell a guy, oh, but you know he could have gone a PTO offer. Do I take the money and a chance to play, or this maybe a lottery ticket? How many guys did the Leafs bring in on a PTO that they actually played last season? I don't know. They had Devin Setaguchi that one time, not last year. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I really did. You no, know, it's not a PTO thing, but just the random. You were talking about the like weird years for the Leafs when the rebuild was happening. I was watching back Austin Matthews' first game. It came up on Twitter for some reason, and I was he was going down and uh, just doing like the line after he scored one of the goals at the bench, and Milan Mahalik was uh, was just bumping him on the bench. Right, that guy was a leaf. There were so many odd members of this team for a while. Yeah, and it's just it's the way that when you're paying your star players now 10, 11, 12 million dollars a season, you have to bring in the lower end, younger, cheaper guys that can skate. The game has just become more demand. I asked um so okay, I guess we'll get into the Lilligren talk because I'm going to be bringing it up. Um, so I was at the NHL PA rookie showcase. Um, Austin was unable to go, unfortunately, and it was it, your your presence was missed. I will say that's nice. I I, I had adult thing to do, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but um, so I mean, I was with the NHL PA. This was uh, you know somebody we Austin and I both know that works for the PA. Um, I express interest now, like for me as a free, I'm more of a freelance. I don't really have one set place that I have a couple of you know, things I do reached out. I said, if you're looking for someone, I'm, I would love to do it. Did it last year. It was a great time. Um, I felt this year was better for access for me personally, because it was set up a bit differently than last year. So I even yeah. got to ask. So I talked to a couple. Well, I talked to a bunch of guys, a bunch of prospects. One guy I talked to was Robert Thomas. The, he's a St. Louis Blues prospect. Kind um, of a big deal. Kind he, of a big deal that he could be a top six. Played in the Memorial Cup this season. Yeah, he he had a breakout season for the Hamilton. Well, he played for London, then he got traded to Hamilton and was doing well yeah, for Hamilton. Life in the OHL. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good prospect. First, you know, he's a first round pick from 2017. And my question to him, I, I was talking to him about you know, um, kind of his approach to the game because he's you know known as a two way center guy. You know, you think of some first round picks, they are usually like the really good. I mean, now it's changed. They're not just one dimensional players. And I kind of asked him his influences, and he said, you know, Jonathan Taves was one of them. And I, I kind of asked him, you're, you're a guy that just got drafted in the first round. You spend the year in juniors, and now people are pegging you for an NHL spot, like a spot in the NHL. Why do you think that is? I even asked him. And he said to me that based on, you know, the demand of the game, the speed, you know, uh, just young and, and with – he didn't mention anything about salaries, but – he kind of leaned it that way that, you know, contracts and stuff, younger guys are getting that opportunity more. And it's totally right. 
like you look at around at the NHL now, how many guys make it? Like they weren't even first round picks. Some guys who were picked in the third round. If they show one part of the game that can contribute to a team, you're on an entry level contract. You're good. You're set. You're in. You you got a good chance to make to make the team. Yep. You do this years ago. Teams wouldn't even consider it. Coaches would want the veteran guys, and coaches still do. Yep. Coaches will still want the veteran guys, but then the but, Leafs still want the veteran guys. Yes, the Leafs would like. Well, to... one specific individual on the Leafs wants the veteran guys. Yeah, but he's gonna learn the hard way that his boss is gonna want a good mix of both, maybe a little more than a mix. Um, but it's it's stuff like that that you start to realize how young guys see this as the opportunity. And one guy I talked to uh, was Timothy Lilligren, who was the Leafs prospect. Uh, the top, He's now, okay, I'm giving it away. He's going to be in my prospect rankings. He's going to be my top-rated prospect because he's a right-handed shot defenseman, first-round pick, could have easily, if not gone ill, could have been a top-five pick in the 2017 draft, but got mono, and the Leafs got him at 17. 17, right, Austin? In he, 20... Who is this, sir? I, Lilligren. I, uh, yeah. Good old Timoth Lilligren, uh, Lilligren, as uh, Mark Hunter would say. overall in 2017, I believe? Or yes. was he 18? I think it was 17, uh, right after... Um, Doesn't matter, he's a Leaf. He's a Leaf. No. Everyone knows who Timothy Lilligren is. Everyone knows his story. Went with the Marlies last year. Had a really good start. Things kind of, you know, when you haven't played a lot of hockey, he had, you know, I think he had an injury. He spent some more time in the weight room, he told me. And now he told everyone, all the assembly media, he told, well, I knew first. I should have tweeted this out, but I didn't want to be that. Well, I was going to be writing something on him. So that kind of just gives away the premise of my story. But I should have because he told me, then he told everyone else. So I saw it coming. That he wants to challenge for a spot on the Leafs roster. Yep. And you've got, oh, how I love the reaction of this. And your reaction kind of. It it would be concerning if he didn't have that reaction. You Yeah. I will premise it by saying if Timothy Logren came in to the media and says, yep, I'm going to see how it goes. No, we'll see how it plays out. He could have said that. He could have even said, you know, maybe I'll get another year with the Marlies. But the fact that he said he wants to challenge for a spot in Cam, I think it it automatically already puts that spotlight on him. Now, some guys don't like the spotlight on them. I think he wants the spotlight on him a little bit. For him to come out and say that and knows, he full aware knows that people are going to report on it and make it a big deal. So he knew what he was saying and he knew what that what, what that meant. Now people are saying, "Oh, but he only played 1 year in the NHL. He's not ready for the NHL." That's not up to us to determine. I I don't like when people say, "Oh, he doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have a chance." Um, I'm trying to trying to think. Nobody thought Roman Polak could have come back after that leg injury, but god darn the Leafs took care of him and rebuilt them back to 
being back with the Leafs last season. Probably not. Roman Polak. Roman Polak. Did I, did I say someone else? I should have probably uh, said Roman. Uh, no. No, you're good. Okay. I was just trying to think of something clever, and nothing clever came. So I just said <laughs> but, look, Travis Dermott was, I mean, what, oh, shoot, how old is he, 20? He's 20 now, Travis? 21? 20 or 21. Uh, Marner draft, so I think he's 21. Travis Dermott is now, 21. so he turned 21 the well last year or he's 21 right now he's going to turn 22 okay timothy Lilgren, i mean Mark dermot was also an overager if i'm not wrong when he was drafted am i wrong on that one austin you're my fact uh, checker on this he's a 96 dermot? yeah dermot's a 96 and he was drafted in 2015 no i don't think so i think he they started drafting the overagers when uh, well, he was drafted. I think he. Wait, what? What's his birthday? Uh, he was drafted. A, he was. He's a ninety-six. No, like what uh, month and day? Uh, he's a December ninety-six. Yeah, he's uh no, he was that was his draft eligible year. He's okay. uh, the cutoff is September fifteenth. So he was just a really old member of that draft class. Okay, maybe that I. That was um like. Uh, Durgachinsev when they drafted him this year he was born on the 15th so he was the youngest possible player in the draft okay so I totally messed uh, that up but okay this whole, like when when Matthews was drafted that's he was born like two days after the cutoff otherwise he would have been in the McDavid draft oh thank god <laughs> imagine yeah. if the Leafs wow. missed out on he, McDavid and Matthews. Between Matthews or Martyr oh, yeah true Let's not go down that road. I don't want no. Yeah, we're we're going to get uh, pull ourselves up. Dermot, Dermot's good, man. Look. Dermot's... Yeah, exactly. You know, he played his third year in the OHL, went right to the Marlies after that, played in one playoff game. He then played a whole season in the AHL. He, um, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but, like, he's, I, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast, and I've said it other places as well. He... I saw he and Janssen play against the, oh boy, Syracuse Crunch in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you were there. Those, yeah, I went to the one game this year, and those two individuals are just above the AHL. They're too good for the AHL now. Yeah. And it was obvious. Well, because how much seasoning did they get? They they didn't, they had the season, full season in the AHL. I think Janssen had a little more. I mean, granted, Janssen's been playing professional hockey for quite a bit, so you'd hope he's a little ahead of some of the younger guys. But, yeah, he, he, you're totally right. I think both of them showed they're NHL ready. Dermot played a full season in the AHL, 59 games, which is pretty much a full season. He then plays 28 games, 28 games in the AHL before getting called up in January. Mm -hmm. January. Makes his debut with the least plays thirty seven games. How many people did you think he was going to play thirty seven games last year? No, I thought he would maybe get like fifteen or twenty, and then they'd send him back down for the stretch run. Or maybe if, yeah, but people, but you give them the opportunity. And he also got a full playoff series. Yeah, he got a full playoff series, and he went back and he played pretty well in the playoffs again. Got hurt. You- you knew Travis Dermott was on the ice with the Marlies. He was – you could not miss the guy. Yeah. It's not because he's a big dude. He's under six feet. But the skill and the awareness was there. 
so much that you could you noticed him as soon as he was on the ice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if we're going back to Lilligren, he, you and I were in the building last year at Rico when he had his first professional game. Oy. Not professional, sorry, <laughs> at the rookie tournament. His first time, was, first time in the Leafs uniform, yes. That was probably the worst performance you'll ever see him have in a Leaf uniform. And guess what? It was the last time he had a bad performance. He learned from it. The guy hadn't played that style of hockey, and so like he hadn't played a lot. And you said the weight he's been in the weight room. I mean, that's the biggest thing for Lily. Right? The skill is there. The yeah. defensive ability needs to be shown, and he's going to get that chance, whether he makes the leaf somehow or he ends up going to back to the Marlies. He's going to play first line. Yeah, because he's going to play for Dermot, where Dermot was in the lineup. Um, and the strength is everything for him because Wano's no joke, and that's been made very clear in his time with the Leafs. Is that is a debilitating thing to have. Yeah. You can't even, you can't work out, you can't do anything. You're, he was basically just stuck sitting on a couch or in bed for months. Terrible, terrible. So but you lose, that's like he's losing weight because of this, losing muscle. And now he has to bring it all back. That's what I've been saying is that he's been working from behind this whole time. Because he, he played like seven games in his draft year. Yeah. And what he told me, and this is this is why, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to make it. I'm just saying you give him a chance. Don't, don't go in with the mindset of saying he's not going to make it. That's all I'm saying. Because no, but also don't expect that he's going to make the team. It's sort of that yeah, weird middle. You, you, you just say if he makes it, that's fantastic. If he doesn't, I, there's no problem with that. The guy's 19 years old. Give if he's him good enough experience. to make it, then give him a shot. But yeah, if so. it's not there, it's not there. Of course. Exactly. I think I, Kyle Dubas is a smart enough man that he's – that's not news And to him. Mike Babcock's a smart enough guy, yeah. and he knows it. So, but what uh, – just back to my final point on Lilgren. He told me last year was a learning year for him. He yeah, learned, absolutely. get back, you know, learn, have that environment. The Marlins were a great environment for him. They had a good team around him, so he didn't have, you know, have the, you know, the wolves at him. It was a good team, good environment, a good learning environment. He says this year, though, it's not about, it's, it's about taking that next step. Yep. And he's going to get every opportunity. He's going to play, like I said, he's going to take Dermot's minutes. He's going to play first power play. He's going to take top lines. Yeah, he's gonna learn. He's gonna learn. He's gonna learn regardless. Uh, you, it's always you're always learning. You're never done learning in life, whether you're an athlete or anything. You're always learning. The most exciting thing for him is going to be the jump in offensive production because it's gonna come. Yeah. Um, because he only scored one goal last year, and I think he had something like 18 to 20 points all season. I can pull that up. I have my definitely, laptop. definitely under 30 on the season for the Marlies. Um. Which thirty points in a rookie campaign in a pro league would be pretty exciting, but he had you're definitely not complaining. But he had one goal and it was like his second game in the AHL. He had and a goal he and sixteen assists, so he has seventeen points. Yeah. So um I mean he he's gonna be really good. He's again, we saw him in that rookie tournament game. He had some bad turnovers, but we also saw some incredible passes. Yeah. Like the kid's vision is unbelievable and he's an offensive threat. And he's and, and go ahead, go ahead, sorry. finish that. He's just he's doesn't have a massive slap shot. He's sort of like 
Jake Gardner, and that's it's it's sort of just the modern NHL player where you don't have to have this booming slap shot on defense anymore. No, but he's he's, he's super good at at placing his wristers on goal and putting them either top shelf or low pad for a rebound. He's really good at taking shots. Yeah. So, and he even told me a big thing he worked on on the ice was his strength. You know, coming out the corners because that's where smaller defensemen or defensemen who are not no, the best, they're not very physical. They have to get better at that because guys will try to murder them in the corners. That's where you go to yeah. die in hockey. And he also said his ability to go up against guys one-on-one. That was big for him. So to yeah. for him to know exactly what he needed to work on, rather than, oh, I just needed to improve on my game. No, he, he said, I need to get stronger. There's only so much he could do considering the, no, the, the summer was shorter for him. Maybe that also helped because he got to be a little more focused in his training. But that he knew what he needed to work on, and that's what he focused on. And now he can put that towards games. So people saying um, there's he has no shot, he shouldn't even, like, don't even do this to the kid. Relax. Like, the Leafs have, are different. They're not, like, going to put, like, what they did with Luke Shen. I think we all learned what can happen. So relax, people. And <laughs> just, yeah, just relax. If the kid's good, let him play. The right yeah. side of the defense is crap. It was crap last year. The only guy they had was Ron Hainsey. And he doesn't play left shot. He, he's a left shot. He doesn't play right side. Let's be real here. Zaitsev had a bad year. He also had a really bad illness and lost weight, too, which we all find which we found out can really have hamping your ability to play hockey. Yeah. Um, you know, Roman Polak and Connor Carrick weren't really getting it done. He, the, a guy like Logan sees that they know it. They know there's that chance. Sure. Mm-hmm. Is, is uh, Igor Ojiganov going to get a chance? Mike Bobcock likes the guys who have that professional experience. He really likes Parlin home for that reason. Could Justin Hall make a case? I would like it to see if Justin Hall can do something. Any... I just don't see it with Justin Hall. Like I know there's been a lot of people that I'm not really. Yeah, I'm not giving him really top like four. Him. No, I'm not giving. I mean, like seventh defense that could work. Yeah, but just like I've seen some people talk about Justin Hall being like the sixth defenseman on this team. It's like he's he's a right-handed shot, I believe. Yes. Left. Right-handed right. shot. Right, yeah, that's why they're, that's you, you. The reason why Hall, Carrick, Ozyganov, those guys are getting a lot of, of, of focus is because they're right shots. Yep, that's why. And I mean, great. It's great to be a, and Babcock loves to pair his right-handed shot, but if it's not the right fit, it's just don't force it. We said it with Lilligren. Yeah, and Hall is another offensive defenseman who's prone to his mistakes in the defensive end. So, and he's. 26, 27-ish. I mean, he's probably pretty set in his ways at this point. Yeah, most of these so, guys are what they are. Yeah, so if you're forcing a guy to play defensive minutes against NHL talent, I mean, Justin Hall had a good two-game stretch where he scored a couple goals. And he also, yeah. More, I... You can score as many points as you want as a defenseman. It doesn't matter how many points you put in the other team's net. It's obviously a big deal, but uh, your job is to keep the fuck out of your net. If he can so, do that, 
if you can yeah, if you can I, play I'd the. I'd be a big fan of Andreas Borgman. I'm just gonna throw it out there. You want the physical presence that Roman Kolak brought? That's who you put in the lineup. My only concern for him, I'd like. I mean, Borgman was I. He was the young guy that went in again, young guy that came from Sweden, went right into the NHL, which is a little different than playing in Sweden. He did okay. He was also paired with Roman Polak, which you find yeah. out can be like babysitting sometimes because the guy doesn't know how to play. Yeah. And he also got injured. He didn't play in the playoffs for the Marlies. So does that set him back? We'll see. I haven't. That ended up, I, uh, being the saving grace for Callie Rose in the season, though. Yeah, Borgman being out. Um, obviously, Rosen's Travis Dermott being called up. I would think. Yeah, like, he he could be a, like a guy that if he doesn't guy on the bubble for the Marlies because he didn't play a lot down the stretch last year. No, and the Marlies just added a bunch of guys. Playoff. That's we can probably get to that next if you want as the Marley's D situation because there's been a couple guys that have sort of news has come out about them. Um, that's that's going to be interesting to me more so because the Leafs are pretty much set. Well, I mean, there's let's like get... one near spot. Okay, so let's let's quickly look at this. I'm I'm actually a guy that would like to see maybe Morgan Raleigh play on the right side versus Ron Hainsey. And the reason why is because maybe they can put someone else other than Ron Hainsey on that top pairing. Um, I'm not a fan of putting Gardner and Raleigh together. Um, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say it. I'm, I mean, I know the people, the advanced stats guys are like those. Because what happens is you put those two on the top, what's the rest of your defense going to look like? That'd be fun. You're gonna put Travis Dermott in the top four. Let's, you I mean let's let's be let's take it easy on the kid. I mean, if he can play top four, that is, um, that was that's great. Um, but I'm not gonna tell Dermott, okay, you're top four now. You're gonna be playing with Zaitsev. Um, maybe if Zaitsev has a good camp, he goes back with Riley, and that kind of. Helps out with the rest of the. I don't know, but I I would I would like Babcock to be open with the defense because he doesn't have as like it's not set. He he might think it's set in his head, but until the guys come in to camp and they start playing, all I know is they can't have the slow start they had last year, because I screwed them going into the playoffs. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a, you've you've summarized this well. Yeah, uh, I, I think they just need to make sure Hansy doesn't play every second of the penalty kill. I'll be fine. Oh, exactly. All right, let's okay. Let's talk about the Marlies because you yeah, said yeah. there's some stuff to talk about. Yeah, Marlies things. Um. Well, like I've just been reading. Like that's interesting to me more so the um just the situation with how like the Marlies are going to look on defense more so than offense because we have a general idea from their playoff lines and who they re-signed as to how they're going to look. But the defense to me is going to be crazy because there's going to be guys that don't make that Leafs team that are going to have to play on the Marlies. There's going to be dudes that are sitting out that played minutes last year. I mean, I don't... Jordan Subban's going to play big minutes for them. Um, that's going to be really interesting to me because Jordan Subban's a guy that has sort of been underrated his whole career, I think. 
Oh yeah. And I think because well, it it's because he didn't sort of follow in what his brothers were doing. He wasn't a top pick like his brothers. Yeah. He's sort of the like, uh, he gets the least amount of attention for the Subban brothers for sure. And I think as a defenseman, you sort of look at him and his namesake, and you think, well, PK was this big prospect who wasn't a first rounder, and he look how he's turned out. It's like some some guys just have different different routes to get to where they need to be. I mean, Vancouver they started to have a really good system uh, the last couple of years with Utica, but when he started playing for them, they were not a very good team. David Archibald was their best player, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And he's like he's like the Matt Martin of the AHL. Yikes! Yeah, I I I would agree that there's guys that have been able to come to the Marlies and you know either have gotten a better rep um you know they 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 succeed because of the depth because of the system because of the balance of young and old talent so yep i uh i would agree with that but continue um well i was just looking on twitter today and i believe it was mike stevens had um a screenshot that jesper lindgren was back in uh finland uh, taking like promotional photos for HPK, which is the team he played for last year, and he was a guy that came over on an ATO uh, for the playoff run. So it looks like he might be back in uh, Europe again this season, which is good because he'll be playing men's professional still. Yeah, I mean, look, the Leafs have a lot of these types of guys, guys yeah. that, yeah, you know, they could crack the Marlies. They might get a chance to play, but what do we know about young players? They need. A lot of experience they need to be playing as much as you can get them in the lineup yeah having the growlers is going to be huge yep. but if you tell a european kid yeah we're going to send you to the echl where guys i mean austin you and i both interview guys who play for the eca in the echl some guys make what five hundred dollars a week Am I yeah a... and uh <laughs> i mean scott wheeler did a great piece on tra- just traveling with the Brampton Beasts, oh. who have, who are not like yeah. the lower end, of, like they've, they've got some. I mean, they're a, an affiliate of the, of the, of the Habs. So, yep. like, yeah. They're, I mean, sorry, go they ahead. They made it to the finals a couple of years ago. The Brampton Beasts. So I mean, yeah. I mean, know. so like you tell a guy, yeah, you're gonna go to the ECHL. You're gonna be riding the buses. You're gonna be doing all. I mean, the AHL they have buses too, but it's. I mean, the schedules are like the. the Sometimes you have two. I'll do this. Kyle Dubas, genius. Let's get two buses. Um, no, I'm just, I'm yeah. really intrigued by the defense because Oshiganov could miss the team. Uh, he could. Cole could miss exactly. the team. Rosen and and Borgman are both in the running. Um, Laverde is going to be back, and he'll be a big piece for them. Andrew Nielsen is going to be really interesting because nobody is, really knows what he is. I wrote in my prospect range. This might be like this season and next season might be make or break for this kid with the Leafs. Yep, he's got to get his skating right. Like he's got to be with Barbon. He's got to get. He's got to get his head right. Like yeah, he, well, he had that one big season in the W, and then came to pro, and he just it hasn't quite clicked for him yet. But well, not yeah. just yeah, not just that. He's he's gotten a little over aggressive at points. He's he's, he's pedally prone. That's yeah. the biggest thing with him. He exactly. takes a lot of. Uh, he's really physical, which leads to some penalties if you're not smart about it. Exactly. Um, but. What uh, the one I'm most interested in is what they're going to do with Rasmus Sandin and Sean Dersey. And 
I don't think they feature with this team unless one of them blows them out of the water. I would say Jersey has training. the best chance to do that. Yeah, more so than Sandine. And apparently I, there was another note that said Sandine is not going back to the Sioux, apparently. That was my note because, I, I mean, yeah. was, I wrote it off of what someone on Twitter said. but Yeah, Sand- that's what I was – it was like a week ago or two weeks ago. Somebody said he's probably going to go back and play for – He's already uh, playing in Rogel. Yeah. That's his Swedish team. He – he even said, as well. he, I think it was just before he was drafted, he even said, I would like to go, like, the reason why he left Rogel was because he wasn't playing a lot, and the OHL, he got to play a lot. But guys in the don't want to play juniors forever. They want to play against, they A, want to start making that professional money in Europe, if they can. Making money is nice. And you play against top competition. You play against guys who are professional hockey players. Not, you know, most of these guys in juniors don't make make it past the junior level, or they they're not good enough to make the NHL. The competition is just way better. And if you can get that competition in Sweden, like or in Finland, uh, we the Leafs just saw two of their prospects, Emilie Rasinen and uh, Martin Durkals, Durkals, sorry. They're both going back to the KHL, or they're going to the KHL. There's a reason. They don't see the opportunity to play a lot for the Leafs. Yep. They don't want to go back to juniors. In Dirk Hell's case, he doesn't want to go back to the ECHL. Yep. Uh, KHL offers them good minutes. You get to play. You get to make money. Good money. Yep. They're going to do that. They still have a choice in that matter. None of those and guys have signed their ELCs. The Leafs don't have any say in what and where they get to play. And it sort of helps the Leafs as well because there's um, this weird thing with cap friendly. It's not weird. It's an NHL thing. But the, basically they don't have a rights. View. I, I'm just sort of paraphrasing how this works. Uh, for like Sweden, they have certain deals, which is why uh, Grundstrom had to go back to the SHL. I can I can explain this actually. If they're not yeah. a first round pick, they yeah. either make the NHL or they go back to Sweden. Yeah, that's basically so. That's I had I had to do so much research on which that. Is why Liljegren was able to stay because he was a first round pick. So he and and Nylander. and Nylander and any other. That's why they stay. But a second rounder, if he doesn't make the team, has to go back. Yeah. Um, in Russia. It's not so much a playing thing, but uh, once you go back to the KHL, there's no immediate date that your rights run out for an NHL team. So now Zirkel's that he's back in, um, back in the KHL, the Leafs just have his rights for an undisclosed amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Same with 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 college players. Same with Nikolai Shabakin. Same with any other Russian prospect, Vladislav Kara. These guys want to make. They want to still play back at home. They want to get their games right. The Leafs still look. You know, they have their scouts that are watching their development. It's not like that was a less ideal. uh, Korshkov not coming over. I was hoping to see him this year. He he's been like the great unknowns for the Leafs. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at the list right now. Uh, We expect Grunstrom to play with the Marlies this year. Yeah. Um. And like, I'm, I'm surprised Lindgren didn't go back over. And I'm just, as you're saying this, I'll go back through points I was making because Lindgren is a one of those guys. He was like a fourth round pick in that 2015 draft. 
Yeah. And it got overshadowed by like Timishov and Brocko and Dermot and all these other depth picks that the Leafs made after Marner. Yeah. But this was before Lou sort of got like the big guys and the overagers and Dubas and Hunter were just out doing work and getting the best players available. So he could be a really solid prospect. Yeah, Still. and and the thing with him is he signed his ELC. That's why people are a little surprised, maybe a little surprised to see that, because yeah. the Leafs would have had to okay that. Obviously, he can't. I don't think he yeah. can just bolt for the for Finland. I think the Leafs have to sign off on it. If and that's how I understand it. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna point out a couple of things, to Austin. I don't know if you realize yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Subban. Is not waivers exempt. Ooh, interesting. He, I mean, cap friendly shows that he is not waiver exempt. But does that mean? Because he signed what type of deal with the Leafs? He signed a one-year. I can't even tell what type of deal he signed. Here, so he signed. I don't know really know how those really work. Uh, it was a one-year, two-way contract, so that means he can go to the Marlies, and he doesn't have to clear waivers. I think that's how it works. Or no, isn't that just how his salary works? I'm confused on that part. That's the part I don't understand with the waivers. I would assume that he can. <laughs> I would assume that he can be. He can go through waivers because nobody's really talking about losing him through waivers. So I assume that's not an issue. Yeah. Uh, but you look at a guy like Martin Marinchin who's gonna who has to go through waivers. You have to look at a guy like um, you know, everyone's gonna be talking about Pickard and, and Sparks. Uh I think I think Gautier's fine. I think I I think it's if you only play a certain number of NHL games or a certain number of years, that's when the waiver stuff comes in. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I know for sure because I don't. Um, but I'm, I'm very, yeah, I think with you, I think I, on the same level you last year, the, 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 uh, oh my God, last year, the focus was on the wingers like Kapanen, Janssen. Um, you got those guys. It wasn't really on the defense, maybe Dermot too. Dermot was a guy. Now defense is just the priority to look after. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, the Leafs uh, was it a year ago? They didn't have a ton of depth or top prospects other than Dermot. And now they've got Lilligren, they've got Sandine, they've got uh, Derzy. I mean, it's looking good. They also dropped a crap ton of defensemen. That's what have how you yeah. There's also some interesting defenders. Philip Crawl is supposed to be very good from what I've seen and heard. He's, he's a diamond in the rough. He's in my uh, top twenty prospect ranking. Yep. He looks very good, and Mac Hollowell, he's a short guy, but he's a soup pick, and I'm sure Dubas loves him. He was in my top 15. He kind of went up a little bit higher because of... Hollowell or Crawl? Uh, Hollowell. He was higher. Oh, wow. Okay. That was because he can play with the Marlies. He was a, He's older, too. He's an overager. Overagers, I give a little more value to because they're closer you want to hear something funny? So the Dunedin game got rained out. So Donaldson wouldn't have played regardless, but they should have just yeah. not said anything. Let it get rained out. Be like, oh, oh, well. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. I saw it on Twitter. 
this is what happens when you, this is the issue with being on Twitter while you're doing a podcast. Um, yeah, I'm watching esports right now, so I digress. All right, I have related to this conversation going on. All right, Austin, uh, you ready to trade Nazem Kadri? Uh, not as much as the rest of Leaf Twitter is, or portions of it. Okay, I don't know where it came from. I'm just going with what you said. I don't know where it came from. I'm I'm gonna assume, and usually this is how it goes now. Unfortunately, TSN is very very big on those headlines of trade Subban. Sorry, trade Subban, trade Nylander, trade Kadri, because they just like they're they're under the impression of oh you gotta trade them because your defense you need to get a defenseman and that's how you do it. Yes. Can we stop ruining a good thing? You had the long breath there. It's just that's I know. The, uh, that basically sums up the Leafs offseason rumors in a nutshell. Just oh god. I just don't understand. I understand. Okay, I understand that Nazem Kadri makes a good contract, which means he's very, very tradable. Kurt Hill wrote this for our site, and I agree with that assessment. His trade value has probably never been higher. But you just convinced John Tavares to come to Toronto and that the biggest sell was Tavares, Matthews, Kadri, and some guy. It doesn't even matter who that guy is. The Leafs don't even need a fourth-line center if they don't want it. They have three guys that can easily play a full game's worth of minutes um why would you want to trade Kadri I don't know he's not going to score 30 goals this year because he's not going to be getting the same minutes that he did last year but he's still going to bring value and Austin can you explain to me why people are saying he's not a good defensive center uh because he's not GG I don't know (laughs) I sigh again is it good because players are good players and uh yeah, I don't see an issue with Nazem Kadri defensively. He's not killing the Leafs. Not only is he not killing the Leafs, he played against the best lines last year. Yeah. Um he okay, he didn't play PK, but none of the centers played PK last year, so that's just a Mike Babcock thing. Um William Nylander is not ready or even... I don't even think he's ever going to be a center. Mike Babcock, maybe if he had no other options, he would do it. And that happened last year when Matthews was out. But he doesn't want to play him at center. Because to be a center, you have to have... Sorry, that was... Did you, I, there was a notification that came out on my computer. My bad. Damn it, uh, Dave. I understand... From the top. Okay. I thought I hit. I thought I hit end call for a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that, please. Okay. I'll 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 make this quick. Kadri, good center. Nylander, good to play with Matthews. You have a good thing. Trust yourself to maybe make the right moves internally, or find other ways to get a defenseman. It's just the rush to, like, at least need to win the cup this year. 
they don't need to win the cup this year. You're going to have your core for at least another seven years because Tavares' contract isn't running out anytime soon. You're, I mean, yes, you're locked in for seven years. You trade Kadri, and that window gets shorter. That window gets harder. I mean, it's not even gets shorter. Yeah, it shorter, gets harder. Get it gets really hard. Because then you have to find a guy to replace him, and I would assume that's Nylander. And then you have to find a guy to replace Nylander and his production on Matthews's wing. And Matthews is good, but he's not a Connor McDavid where you're putting a borderline AHL player with him and he's a point per game guy. I totally agree. Like, I, I love Austin Matthews, but he's not a Crosby and McDavid type of guy yet. That he's just going. You can put anybody with him, and they'll have sixty points on the year. Look, Connor Brown scored twenty goals, but he moved around. He wasn't with Matthews the whole year when he got his twenty goals as a rookie. Nylander's been a sixty-point guy. He didn't play with Matthews a hundred like the whole season. He was, I would say, eighty yep. percent. Um, except for when Matthews. It's it's just funny how you the, everyone's been clamoring for the Leafs to become what they are now, and as soon as they have what they need, it's like let's trade them away to improve an area like this. And I understand defense is not ideal. You take your lumps and you learn from playoff experience because these guys are still only 21 and 22. The young guys, I mean, Matthews and Marner and Nylander. And, yeah, you uh, you might not win a cup this year, but uh, the defensemen get some experience and guys like Borgman and who knows, Dermott and all them become solid NHLers, then you have your core there. That's a top four that you can start to rely on. I'm I just I don't under I just don't understand when when I look at this Leaf steps chart of prospects we know that the strength is on the wing it's getting better on defense it's still really not great at center their top yeah, rank their top rank center prospect that's close to being that's in professional hockey right now is Adam Brooks Adam Brooks was a fourth-round pick. Adam Brooks was a fourth-round pick. He was really struggling at points last year. He's still finding his way. If he has a good year, great. Doesn't change the fact he's that... He's going to get his chance, too. Yeah, he's going to get his chance. This is the prove-me year for Adam Brooks because he's going to get top six minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't mind having him play as the top-line center for the Marlies. Uh, top nine for sure, because I don't know how they're going to play Juris or Cracknell or any of those true. AHL guys. Okay, that's, that's really true. Okay, I would even insulate I don't, I don't know how the forward lines are going to line up for the Marlins. No idea. Couple, like center or wing, those types. So we'll see. Yeah, so... But he's going to get more... more um, what's the word I'm looking for? More responsibility than he did last year. Yeah, and he's it's going to be more pressure on him, and let's see how he, how he handles it. Um... I don't want to spend too much time on this because, again, if you if you someone told Mike Babcock, oh, would you trade Kadri for defense? I would like if somebody were to ask Babcock that question. I mean, that's just it's stupid. And there's just been some real hot takes on Kadri trades. Um, I don't need to name names. <laughs> Um, they know who they but, are. 
Yep. Um, he's not killing the Leafs defensively, and some people have suggested trading him for a winger. That's we like to harp on the Habs, but some people on Leafs Twitter have Mark Bergevin syndrome right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Why you need the the Leafs are one of the deepest wing have some of the deepest wing depth in the league, and we're gonna trade one of our centers, which is an area of need for a winger. It's just incredibly stupid luck. It's irresponsible. It's it's just you're saying stuff and you're 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 just you're throwing, throwing things out. I'll say it. You're throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks. Yeah. You're trying to make headlines out of nothing because trading a thirty a back-to-back thirty-goal scorer who takes on the responsibility and has the contract like Kadri for a winger is just stupid and yeah it's no time for it um all right so i i, I that like i like what kurt put it a good way in that if you're going the only reason you trade nazem kadri is if you're getting a a defenseman of the same value back you cannot trade kadri and get yeah, he he might be. He's gonna be. He's a defenseman. Let's trade for him. We're not doing the haul for. I mean, Nazakadri is not. Um, oh my God, Taylor Hall. He's not Taylor Hall, but he's a valuable player on the Leafs, even though he's not playing the same role this season. So you want a guy that's going to. If you're trading Nazakadri, you're trading him for a defenseman. You're not trading an area of need a guy in an area of need for a strength yeah and there's yeah there's teams that will trade for him but teams are not going to give up the defenseman the Leafs need because guess what they need that defenseman too the only trade that would have made sense is kind of what Carolina and Calgary did but even then Calgary got a crap ton for Dougie Hamilton because uh, Hamilton is a pretty good defenseman um, who was the crap who was the winger that went to Carolina with Hamilton um, let me double check it was um, oh, Michael Sorry, Furlan My, it was uh, Hamilton and Michael Furlan Furlan was a good winger but Carolina had to give up Elias Lindholm, who's a top six center, and Noah Hannafin, who could be a top four defenseman, younger. Both top ten picks in the last five years, too. Exactly. Or last uh, six. I think Lindholm was 2013. Maybe. Okay, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna throw this at you. Would you have traded? Nazem Kadri for Dougie Hamilton. Uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Now here's my question: If I Calgary... wouldn't have been happy about it, because like, yeah, Nazem, but that's a top four defenseman for not William Nylander. I mean, yeah, um, uh, that's a tough, it's a tough call. If but. if if uh, it was Kadri, if they said, "Oh, we need something more than Kadri," like let's say it was. Kadri and I would have said they probably would have asked for Kadri Dermott. Top two top five picks they had to give up to get Dougie Hamilton. 
Elias Lindholm was fifth overall in 2013. I mean, I'll, I'll set aside like the cachet of them being for top ten, five, five picks. Let's say two established players in Kadri and Dermott for Hamilton and another player. Not Furlan, because I don't think the Leafs would have asked for They would have probably asked for a third-line center guy. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they would have done it. I'm just saying that's what the Leafs would have probably had to do to get the defenseman that they need. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're gonna do it. They shouldn't. When you have a guy that's young, cheap, your home grown in your system guy, you don't need to trade him. You don't. You find a way to get the internal improvements first. If that doesn't work, get the rentals at the trade deadline. Because guess what? They're going pretty cheap now, cheaper than before. Um, unless you're Tampa and are able to, holy smokes, that Ryan McDonough trade got really complicated. But yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like any trades involving any of the Leafs forwards currently. Honestly, it's just not worth it. If you can, if you can give up your prospect capital, that you don't like. Look, they have. We just said they have really good prospect capital but guess what not all that it's going to make the nhl or have a spot with the leafs it's just like people seem to think the leafs are doomed with the defense defensive core they have i don't think they are no i don't think they are yet they're gonna make playoffs this year unless they fall off a cliff again like all of ottawa did this year um like they're I think Florida will push them a little more this year, but it's going to be them in Boston again and Tampa. Yeah. I don't know how it plays out. I think the Atlantic is going to be a bit – I think Florida will be a playoff team. I mean, they added Mike Hoffman. People forget that, how they got Mike Hoffman, who's going to probably get close to 25, 30 goals. That's big for them. I'm just going to look up the – uh, free agents for the NHL. See who could be a rental, possibly, because the Leafs are. I got. It. So you're talking. About, it, are you talking about rentals at the end of the season? This deadline, like this, okay. this year's deadline. All right, I'm gonna give them to you because I got them right in front of my face. Eric Carlson. Oh, oh God, no. He... <laughs> Eric Carlson, Tyler Myers, Bo- uh, Jay Bomeister, Alex Edler, Chara. He's not going anywhere. Mark Mathot, Cronwall, Strawman, Gardner, Coburn, Delzot. Like, none of those names look good. There's a, there's an interesting one down there, and I don't know if it's, like, this big, sexy name. It's Carl Gunnarsson. Who knows? <laughs> We're going to bring up that name again. Well, I couldn't have brought up Dan Girardi or Derek Englund who's further down the list, but... Also, Roman Polak could be a rental of the deadline. So enjoy that for no, the rest of the season. No, don't, don't, no, we're not going. No, no, we're not and doing Wilson's that. Wilson's a UFA in 2019. Uh, Luke Shen. Hey, I will say this: if Luke Shen shows any pro, I, I mean, we've got guys who are probably better than Luke Shen. I'm curious to see we. how he does. Shen Did I just say we? <laughs> I just said we, didn't I? Oh, that's that's my first time I've done that in a long time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, my impartialness went out the door. 
Okay. We'll be better next time. Mark with thoughts on there. He's an interesting name. But that's more of like a playoff, like defensive defenseman option. He's not a sexy name by any means. No. This is a name I want people to keep an eye on. Not because I think the Leafs could get him, but there's been rumblings and not the really credible rumbling. Some rumblings. Oh, like Eklund rumblings? No. Yeah, yeah, we can go on that level. Um, Colton Pareko. If the Leafs are in a position where they absolutely suck on defense... And Colin Preco's situation in St. Louis, because guess what? If I'm not wrong, which usually I am, but I'm going to go out and win right now. Uh, let me look it up. Oh, my God, I can't type and talk at the same time. This is not like me usually. The St. Louis Blues, they're in a very interesting situation because um, they have a lot of guys coming up with RFA. Colm Pareko oh. signed his extension, five years. He's at four years, uh, four years left at five million. That's a steal, by the way. I don't know how they got away with that, but you look at Pietrangelo is a UFA in two seasons. We just saw St. Louis trade Paul Stastny when things didn't go right. I don't think they'll ever trade Pietrangelo. Mm-hmm. But if they need to shake things up, if I'm a team, why wouldn't I call them about Pareko? And if I'm the Leafs, that's the only defenseman I would give a bit more of a up the ante a little bit more to get. Yeah. But I'm not, but again, that's just a pipe dream. He's also, yeah, he's also another guy that'll cost you a ton of money. You almost certainly have to move Jake Gardner to fit him. And as you see, I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> Jake Gardner is a possibility he could be traded at the deadline. If he can be traded at any point, because the Leafs have they're in that situation where he's going to probably get six or seven mil on the open market. He's going to get so seven at least. Gonna he's going to get around seven. Yeah, he could get yeah, he could get James. He can get JVR money. Yep, and somebody will pay it. A guy that has had, what, 250 points a season? Yep. A team that needs offense on the blue line. I I can see a team doing it. So, you know. So, who knows? They, I mean, that's all I'm saying is this decor could lose Gardner as well, and some people wouldn't be too upset about that. And some people will be upset about it, and I know that crowd. Some people who are rational thinkers think, hey, this guy put in 50 points, and yes, he has the odd laps. In but, crucial points of the game where you kind of want to win. Yeah, he, everyone's prone to their mental lapses. I mean, I'm yeah, not. No. I'll defend Gardner because he. You can't. You I, can't I put him. You can't. Anyone with him. Yeah. But man, he, he took that like a man, and that showed me a lot. Yeah, he, he he did not back down when people were trashing him after that game seven. That showed me a lot. He he's the poster boy of the problems with the defense, and I think it's a bit unfair because there's been a lot of non-good defensemen around him. He's the guy that's got to wear it. Cause... Yeah, I mean, but you, it's fair to criticize, but it's also unfair to criticize to a certain degree. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. 
I think, Austin, this is a good point to leave it on because I'm starting to get tired. And my <laughs> voice is going to... Well, I mean, we got to... We got to save questions for our guests. We do. We got to save those topics of discussions, um, including some of the Leafs changes up in their personnel department. We're not going to get into that. I want to get into that with our potentially our next guest. Um, if he is going to be free to come on, I'm going to message him when he is back from his cottage weekend and we will uh, try to work that out. So just a reminder, uh, next week will be a tough week to record because I am in Boston until next Wednesday. But after that, we will try to get back on the, on the podcast. Um, you can find all of our stuff at tip of the tower.com. You can find Austin's stuff with the score. You're might be writing more Austin. Maybe, uh, there's a possibility. I'm just plugging away with copy editing, but, uh, I did help contribute to, uh, mock draft that they just did for fantasy hockey so keep an eye out for that josh wegman's going to be writing that up so oh, i know uh, josh josh and i go back josh and i were in a fantasy football league together good times well, there you go yeah he josh. uh he very kindly had me on to help with the mock draft so and josh and i also play fantasy hockey together and this is a very competitive league he'll tell you you can ask him about it tomorrow Austin, if you see him at work or you're All not right. working tomorrow so Whenever oh, no, sleep. I'm off tomorrow, so I get to sleep then. Yeah. Austin gets some sleep. We had some crazy time at the uh, – at I was at Raw and SmackDown. A little wrestling. A little wrestling, a little WWE. Um, I'm tired too. I want to get some sleep. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you can follow all of our stuff on Twitter. Oh, shout out to – I don't know if he's listening or if he's gone this far, Ari Shapiro. Shapiro, Shapiro. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at I this point. I feel like I shouldn't screw up his name, so I'll ask him next time I talk to him. Um, him and Austin did a conversation, a podcast together to talk about the Leafs. Yeah. Kind of similar similar to what we had here, but Ari's, yep. Ari's a pro. Ari is definitely a pro when it comes to podcasts. He's asked me to come on. Are, uh, we are not. So <laughs> we're, we're semi. We're, we're, what's the, we're the Will Ferrell movie? Semi-pro. <laughs> That's yeah. how I would equate it. Um, so yeah, take a listen to that. Some good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, it's, I'm very, very curious to see what this week's going to be like. Cause there's been a lot of, uh, the Leafs are back skating at their practice facilities Un- unofficial official, as they call it, unofficial official skates. Mike Babcock's been looking, but he cannot say or coach yet. I'm sure he still is some way. He probably has like a Bluetooth headpiece down to the guy that's on the ice, the skills development oh, yeah. consultant. It's so He's funny. He's just yelling from the balcony. Yeah. Hey, backjack. He's not on the ice. It's just one of you is not a good pro by training camp. There'll be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I, there's video. He's in his Leafs gear. I don't know if you saw the photo. Richard, our good, uh, our good uh, instructor from Centennial, Richard Lawns of the Toronto Star, had a nice picture of Babs in the on the balcony. Caught him red-handed yep. too, so uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have you covered on all any news that's going to come out, including Donaldson. Oh God, Donaldson, just uh, just okay. hang in there, hang in there. Okay, okay. Th- yep. Thank you for listening, MJ. Happy birthday, happy 60th birthday from all of us here at Tip of the Tower in Austin with the score as well. Thank you guys. Have a good night.
well, not night. Damn it, I messed that up. <laughs> if you're listening to this at night, good night. Have a good day if you're oh, listening it's, during it's the day. staying in now. There's no going back. Yeah, there's no going back. Ah, it's Bye. okay. Bye. Bye, guys.